and I meet more and more women who feel somewhat helpless because they never had any financial background and they think there is some magic to it that someone else knows, their accountant, their lawyer, but not them. And there is no magic. Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Over the past decade, she has empowered thousands of people to break money silence at home and at work. Now, here is Kathleen. This episode is sponsored by Balance Wealth, an advisory firm that views you as more than a number. We know you deserve to partner with a team of professionals who care about you and your goals and empower you to make educated decisions about retirement. Your success is our success. And at Balanced Wealth, we will be with you every step of the way. To learn more, visit balancedwealth.com. Welcome to the podcast. Today we have Meg Smith. She is the director of the Vermont Women's Fund, which is dedicated to improving the future of women and girls. And we're going to be talking about how March is Women's History Month. And that month is really dedicated to highlighting the contributions that women in history and currently are making to business, innovation, and our society. And so I thought Meg, who's been a friend of mine and a colleague for about seven years here in Vermont, would be a perfect person for me to have this conversation with and for us to really take a little bit of a look at what has happened around uh, Women and Women's History Month, and more importantly, what's happening now and how you can make a difference in your community so the contributions of women are being noticed. So welcome, Meg, to the podcast. Thank you so much, Kathleen. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, I just, you know, when I thought about Women's History Month and I thought about empowering women, I always think of you because of the work that you do at the uh, Vermont Women's Fund. But before we get into what that actually is, I want to know what your thoughts are, um, because I've thought a little bit about this. You know, we do celebrate Women's History Month every March. I can remember way back, I mean, it was 20, 25 years, <laughs> sad to say, when somebody said to me, oh, it's herstory. And I, I, it dawned on me that, wait a second, when we study history, there's not a lot about women. Now, granted, that was 20 years ago. Things have changed a little bit, but I don't think enough. So this month is really about shining a light on women's contributions to business, innovation, social change. And what I'm curious about is, you know, your thoughts about why this hasn't been part of our history and kind of how you celebrate this month. It's an excellent question in that you look back and think about the contributions and the people that we celebrate as historical figures, and they're almost entirely male. And that is just a product of our history of 400 years of white dominant culture. I mean, there are a lot of reasons why 
But what I think we all agree on now is that that old paradigm no longer holds true. And when historians and just lay people like me do a little digging, you find out that women played a major role in every industry, in every science, you know, computers, some of the very first computers were actually designed and created by women. They're leading women scientists and mathematicians. And in all these fields where really, when you think of a scientist, I bet you think of a male identified person in a white lab coat. That's certainly what I think of. And it's it's really just years and years of historical bias that we're now just overcoming. Well, and one of the themes for this month and for Women's International Day, which is March 8th, is break the bias. The hashtag is, yeah. hashtag is break the bias. And so, you know, you do a lot of work, not just in March, Meg, all year long <laughs> to break the bias, to share women's stories, to get funding to women who need them. So tell us a little bit more about the work that you do as the director of the Vermont Community Fund. Well, it's the Vermont Women's Fund, and we are a component fund of the Vermont Community Foundation. So oh, I'm why, sorry about that. Okay. That's right. But that's why you put that word in there, because we are under the umbrella of the Vermont Community Foundation, which is, for everyone to, listening, uh, the the only community foundation in the state of Vermont. So the when the Women's Fund started 27 years ago, they asked the Community Foundation to be its umbrella organization, which has been a very effective uh, partnership for many years. And But the reason why we needed a women's fund was because of the fact that back then, and, and I would say some of this still is true today, but not so much, but when the women's fund was started, there were very few programs that were really targeted to help women and girls. And public policy was not looking at, uh, did not have a gender lens at all. And women in Vermont felt that they were not being well served and that they wanted to take financial power, which was kind of the ultimate power that was not in women's hands and to take control of that and to raise money and then be able to grant out money to organizations at, with the, a very specific intention of helping advance uh, women and girls. And over the years, we have effectively done that now very much with an eye towards economic self-sufficiency for women, which is something you know a lot about, as women historically have never managed their own financial power up until just going to say up until recently. <laughs> it yeah. really depends where you look, but women had to have a man co-sign a bank loan, co-sign for a credit card up into the 70s. So it's really not that long ago that women were completely dependent on men to get any kind of credit, a commercial loan, a credit card, a mortgage. It's kind of crazy to think about it, but that that's where we were when really right before the Women's Fund was started. 
Well, thank you for giving that context. You know, unfortunately, I was on a call the other day with a bunch of business women and men, and that's not the unfortunate part. The unfortunate part is the story that was told was about a woman who was helping a business uh, leader get a loan. She happened to be female, mm -hmm. and she was told that she still needed her husband to co-sign. So, well, I think we've, I know, well, I think we've made leaps and bounds. There are pockets of this financial discrimination that obviously I've dedicated my career to, that you're doing work from a different angle on. And so if women are able to get access to funds, yeah. how does that help us break the bias in the long run? Well, you know, I've always go, my mantra is money is power when it comes to women and that by having a piece of that power, they then are able to accomplish the goals that they want. And uh, maybe in answer to your question in part is that the studies that show that 90% of a woman's income goes back into the community. And so that kind of financial power funneling back into our communities strengthens our communities. And therefore, when our communities are strong, our state improves. So I just see women as a driver, as a very positive economic driver for Vermont and, and across the country. Yeah. And I'd even broaden it out to be the globe because you know, yeah. <laughs> even 10 years ago, Meg, there was some research out there by, I believe it was Bank of America, which was US trust. And they were saying, you know, that's global impact. And the fact that when women have wealth, we reinvest it in our community, we think holistically. And so that's true in any state, including Vermont. Now, in a minute, we're going to broaden the conversation beyond Vermont, but I think it's really important to highlight one of your latest initiatives that you're involved in, and I think it's a really cool initiative. It's called This Way Up, and the goal of this project is to sign up 10,000 women business owners in Vermont and fill in the missing economic data. So do you know why this data hasn't been collected in the past in Vermont? And is that unique to our state or is that something that maybe we see in other states as well? Well, it's definitely true in other states as well. And I'll just give you the brief origin story, which was back in 2016, the Women's Fund was funding an initiative called Change the Story. And Change the Story was dedicated to advancing gender equity in Vermont. And they started out doing that by conducting four major research projects, one on wages, another on workplace um, segregation, a third on leadership, and a fourth on women-owned businesses. And when they went to find out where these women-owned businesses are in the state, turned out that the Secretary of State's office never collects that data by gender. So we know that there are over 81,000 businesses in our state, but we don't know the ownership by gender. And doing a little digging because the researchers in the patent in back then used census data to determine that uh, there were over 23,000 women-owned businesses in Vermont and they were growing at a faster rate. There were all these positive things, but the revenue showed that they were making 19 cents to the dollar of a male-owned business. Wow. Yeah. So that was the big aha for the Women's Fund, which was, okay, that's discouraging. Why is that? How can we change that? So fast forward to today, 
we, with the help of an enlightened funder who helped us with our initial launch, our year one, to develop basically a website and survey in concert with many of the organizations that have touch points with women entrepreneurs, whether it's the small business SBDC or the state of Vermont or financial institutions. We created a survey and we asked women business owners to sign up and take the survey and be counted so that we can count. And our goal is to count, to have at least 10,000 women-owned businesses by the end of the year. Now, this can be a major uh, employer, a manufacturer. It can be a woman with a solo practice or just even a side hustle. We want to hear from everyone. But what And what we're learning in the survey are some of the challenges and some of the benefits, why women are working for themselves and what were the circumstances that got them to that point. And we have a, over 1,100 signers already, which is excellent. And we're already learning from that data that something like 42% of women did not seek funding to build their business. They just built it slowly over time. And 22% of women started a business because they'd lost employment, which I, all these numbers have surprised me in some way or other. The data is really interesting and it's very rich. And our hope is once we have this, what would be a significant um, number of women business owners, we can look at this data and start connecting the dots. Many women really seek connectivity in as business owners. They want to compare notes. They want to see where they can collaborate. And we believe that this way up, there's power in our numbers, which is our true line, is, is going to be a powerful way to connect women business owners in the state and um, demonstrate their economic impact, but also grow that number from 19 cents to the dollar to a dollar to the dollar. Yeah, here, here. I love that. And so, you know, a couple of things that uh, on a personal level, I can remember 2020 when the pandemic hit and this particular state uh, launched uh, a grant for women-owned businesses. And I had to register as a women-owned business to actually ask, access the funds. Mm -hmm. And so I can remember saying, how do I do that to my accountant? And then they go, you just like sign this little sheet of paper. There was nothing that just basically said, I'm a women-owned business. And I thought, ooh, yikes. Yes. And that was before this way was created. I certainly have filled in my application right away. We were chatting about this. I'm a very compliant. Uh, anybody who's listening in Vermont that is involved in a women-owned business, I highly um, encourage you to do this. But it, it was really fascinating to me to realize, whoa, and so I don't know if that's true in other states. If you're listening from another state, you want to check that out. You want to see, do we have that data on women-owned businesses? And if we don't, is there a way in which we can take what we're doing in Vermont and broaden it out to other states? Because it's really important to have the metrics. And so just again, briefly, how do you think this data will be used to empower women in this state and break the bias, Meg? What's the dream? Uh, the dream... Oh, we have so many dreams. <laughs> we had to stop dreaming and had to f focus on the data because we were getting ahead of ourselves. One of the great dreams is to start an investment fund to give out microloans to women business owners. Ooh. And 
have that be a source of income that would be a very easy way to attain that one to five to ten thousand dollars that a business might need just to stabilize or to get to the next level or to build capacity. Another idea we have is to create mentoring circles by industry. So if you are in the whatever business and you want to, you know, if you're, you are a manufacturer and you want to meet and connect with other manufacturers in the state and those that are bigger and have more experience, there would be a place for you to be able to go and plug into and get some support or just give some support. In the survey, we have at least 76% of our survey takers are saying they want to mentor or connect, which is a very powerful number. So we know that the, the positive energy is there to do that. So those are just two ideas of what we want to do with this data. But right now, really our goal is to build our base. So we need that 10,000 number um, to be filled. And I hope anyone listening up there, if you have a business of any size, does not matter whether you're a solopreneur or employing 100 people, we need you to sign up at thiswayupvt.com. Excellent. Well, we're going to put that link in the show notes and we certainly will highlight that in our social media efforts because I'm a big uh, supporter of that for obvious reasons. So we have been talking about This Way Up. We've been talking uh, with Meg Smith from the Vermont Women's Fund and we've been really pretty Vermont focused. So we're going to take a quick break and when we get back, we're going to broaden out the conversation to what can happen in other states and other areas to help break the bias. We'll be back in a minute. Do you work hard, accomplish a lot, but still struggle to ask for what you're worth? Maybe you're good with numbers and finance, but find conversations about fees and salaries especially tricky. Or maybe you wanna make peace with money, but despite your best efforts, you haven't been able to change your approach or build better habits that actually stick. Just something is standing in your way. If this is you, you can become a confident negotiator. I'm offering a masterclass in negotiation that will help you ask and get the compensation you deserve. You want to go to breakingmoneysilence.com backslash negotiating hyphen masterclass and check out all the details. If you think you're a powerful woman who's ready to do some coaching with me in a group 101 and with an accountability partner, then definitely apply. And if you mention this podcast, I will give you 10% off the already reasonable fee for the course. I hope you will take advantage of this opportunity. And I look forward to working with you and getting to know you better and ultimately helping you become a confident negotiator. Today, we are talking with the director of the Vermont Women's Fund, Meg Smith, and we are talking about how to break the bias, celebrate Women's History Month, and what you can do, whether you are a woman or a male ally, to help empower women of all different 
races, occupations, whether you're a consultant, whether you work with a big company. And I am so happy to be chatting with Meg about this. So since moving here, Meg, I have been a cheerleader of your work and the work that the Vermont Women's Fund does. I can remember meeting you at a fundraiser at one of my favorite places in town, Lawson's Finest Brewery, um, a couple years ago, and we hit it off. And so I know we're talking a lot, Meg, about Vermont. And that is your area of expertise. But I'm wondering, for listeners who are listening in from around the United States, and we do have some people that are outside the country as well, what are one or two concrete action steps that maybe they can take where they are to break the bias? Wow, that's a tall order. But I yes, would say... I would like you to solve the problem today <laughs> in this podcast, Meg. I would too. Thank you. Um, I've just been waiting for someone to ask. I think the one of the primary things is for women is to know your own stuff. I won't use my expletive deleted. Know your finances. Do not let someone else own that information for you. And I was at at an event several years ago, three years ago, where there were a number of women in their 30s and 40s attending. And it turned out, I was so shocked, most of them did not know what their own personal finances were. They still let their husband take care of that. And I was shocked because I can't believe that women would give that power away in today's world. So one is just know your own financial balance sheet, personal balance sheet. The other thing too that I think is really important uh, for women to recognize, and you've probably talked about this before, is that women are fast taking over the majority of wealth in this country. Right now, I know at least that it's like 31% of women in the United States control the wealth. And that's a significant number that's growing exponentially because women inherit twice. They tend to inherit from their parents and then they inherit again from their husband because they tend to outlive men. So that ownership of your own financial power and then learn what it's like to be a philanthropist. And what that means is doesn't mean you're giving away trillions of dollars. It's mean you're supporting the causes that you think are really important and putting some money behind them. $100 goes a long way. $25 is a great start. So thinking about your money as a way to promote change is a construct that we're not really brought up with. So I think it's really important that that we think about that. And I meet more and more women who feel somewhat helpless because they never had any financial background and they think there is some magic to it that someone else knows, their accountant, their lawyer, but not them. And there is no magic. As Lisa Lorimer, who started Vermont Bread Company down in Brattleboro, said about starting a business, she said, all you need is paper, pencil, calculator, and fifth grade math, and you can start a business. So that's true. And a little bit of chutzpah. I throw in a little bit of chutzpah. Exactly. But that there isn't a mystery to all this there. It's, it's a very exact science and it's, it's not particularly complicated, but understanding your own financial wherewithal is really first and foremost. And then if you need money, if you are lacking resources, it's coming up with a plan, whether it's starting your own business 
or working for someone else, but getting a 401k in order and getting all the, whatever the benefits you can to help start building your own financial wealth. Yeah, no, I, I obviously agree with you. And to be uh, honest with you, the, the stat that is U.S. wide is 51% of the personal wealth is controlled by women and yeah. 70% of the wealth that's being transferred over the next decade. So it's now, it's wow. not like in the next 20 years, it's right now, uh, is going to go to women, the double inheritor yep. thing you talked about. And uh, women-owned businesses are growing at a very fast pace. So basically what you're saying is know your financial stuff. It's not brain science. It's simple. You just need to dedicate some time to it. And the second point I really love is about philanthropy and being able to think about where your money is going and what impact you're having, even if you're not a multimillionaire. Now, one of the things I think that is a problem with the financial services industry is they lead us to believe that we can only work with advisors or we can only give back if we have half a million, a million dollars in net right. worth. And not everybody has that. And that isn't true. One of the things that I have learned living in Vermont and connecting with Meg and some of the other women here is that you can make an impact with $25. You can make an impact by just where you shop for groceries. You know, yep. you can make an impact by just giving some time to mentor. So I think those are really great key takeaways for us to end on today. So Meg, I am so honored that you would chat with me about Breaking the Bias Women's History Month and share your work uh, with our listeners. I want to make sure that people know where to reach out to you. And I also encourage people outside of the state of Vermont to take a look at Meg's information, because it may be that you can be inspired by that, start something in your own state, or jump on what we already have going here. Absolutely. And I, I too am honored. I've loved the work that you've been doing. Vermont is all the uh, richer for your uh, contributions to, to our state. And you can find out about the Women's Fund at vermontwomensfund.org. And in there, you can read and also sign up on the survey, thiswayupvt.com. You can also read about the grants that we've been giving and what would, if you're a nonprofit and interested in trying to get a grant from the Women's Fund, please go to our website and look at our guidelines. And if you are someone from out of state and want to know what we're doing and want to help, we love donations from out of state. We <laughs> are a, we rely on the donations and contributions of women and men around the country, but certainly in Vermont to help us build our fund. And so we do, do not do this. We are not a, well, I don't want to pick on Melinda Gates because she's a wonderful philanthropist, but we are a small but mighty organization and, and fundraising is a huge part of what we do and we're proud of it. So I have no problem asking everyone to please give to the Women's Fund, but also ideas. We love to hear new ideas and suggestions on different areas that maybe we're not thinking about. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Meg, for breaking money silence with me today. Thank you, Kathleen. It was just an absolute pleasure. This episode is sponsored by Balance Wealth, an advisory firm that views you as more than a number. We know you deserve to partner with a team of professionals who care about you and your goals and empower you to make educated decisions about retirement. Your success is our success. And at Balanced Wealth, we will be with you every step of the way. 
To learn more, visit balancewealth.com. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information, or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.